Well, I think that I I think that I'm going to like a small New Year's soiree at the place I'm staying. If you want to come, ooh, you know, ooh, we'll see. I don't really have any plans so far. Where, yeah, let me yeah, know. Send it's me in South Austin, so oh, perfect, right in my easy, house. Easy, because I don't. Don't put this in. Don't put this in the episode though, because I don't want any unwanted. Oh wait, it's gonna come out after New Year's. It's fine. Oh yeah, (laughs) I didn't want any fans showing up. You know. (laughs) Honestly, I would love if one of our fans just killed us. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so cool. Who do you think kill me or you? I'm your biggest fan. I think they would take us out. But but they they would take both of us us out. I think, but. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But who's gonna be the one holding the other in their arms? I mean, like, no, please don't go. We still have more content. To I do. feel like I would give death really well. Like, I feel like oh, I would you give would give death scene really well. So, and I think you would give crying while I'm in your arms, like, and going mm-hmm. no to the heavens really well. So, per- we're playing to our strengths. Really. Yeah, we really, really are. <laughs> Plus, I've always wanted to die. So. Oh, that's the thing. I'd be so jealous. <laughs> yeah, but you'd be more jealous than I would be. So it's like, th- let's. This is the most dramatic paradigm. <laughs> and now came talk, talk, talk. Hi. (laughs) 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 Welcome, welcome. It's Straight People Movies. We're back. Um, Well, I guess the hiatus was last week's episodes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it feels like a hiatus to us with Christmas and New Year's and all that. But we're back. Uh, It's Straight People Movies. It's the podcast where each week we two gays, we explore a movie made for straight people, and we ask, why? Why? I can't go, why? Ha! <laughs> no. We could say... I'm getting canceled, aren't I? We could say wire, which is what they're flying on. I don't know. Probably. You know, when I watched this film that we're about to talk about when I was a child for the first time, I'm, like, really stupid um, person. Like, I'm really gullible. Like, mm-hmm. did I ever tell you how, you know how they had that, like, movie surfers thing on Disney Channel? Yes, love movie surfers. They did, like, a movie surfers behind the scenes thing of, like, the country bears. Remember the country bears? Uh-huh. Well, they pretended, like, the country bears were real in this, like, behind the scenes documentary. I hate that. And I was, like, 11 years old, so, like, old old enough. And I believed in my heart that those were talking bears. <laughs> Yeah, the <laughs> that there just existed like a a race of talking bears in the yeah, world. Yeah, like they, they they're just okay. in movies, you know. Like I knew the Muppets weren't real for whatever reason, but the Country Bears sold they sold it to me. <laughs> You're like Michael Sarah is serving the, next to those bears so well. Is Michael Sarah in the Country Bears? Isn't he in the Country Bears? Oh or my is he, god. Is he in the Country Bears? I don't know. Oh, please. But anyway, the sense of whimsy in me is uh, is strong. Like, even in college, there was this whole thing that came out where, like, there's a hoax article about finding a real mermaid, and I believed it. I think I just wanted Oh, it. is it, like, one of those ones where it's, like, um, oh, no, he's in the Bernstein Bears. Oh, we don't want to get into that conspiracy. We don't want to get into that. Um, no, so... But anyway, so what I was getting at is a Crescent Moon Dragon. I really believe they'd be flying. 
Sorry. I didn't oh, it looked. I mean, <laughs> I believed it. Watching watching it today, I was like, man, Michelle Yeoh is so just flexible. Yeah, she can do anything. I like that they run in the air. It's incredible. Yeah, well, you, well, you got to you got to propel yourself. Yeah, uh, somehow. forward somehow. In yeah. the wind. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm Kirk Bansickle. I'm Dylan Garcia. And yeah, that's right. In case you didn't figure it out, we're watching our first, um, well, our first foreign film in a while since mm-hmm. Train to Busan, which was like episode eight or something. But anyway, yeah. we're, we're talking <laughs> about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yes, ma'am. The biggest movie it's, that no one remembers. Um, look, it was, was moment. Huge. <laughs> this movie was when huge. When people say things are moment, they, I think... There's an implication that when something is the moment that it's like long lasting. Sometimes things can just be the moment. Yeah, yeah. This like movie Pokemon was Snap. The moment. And mm-hmm. I feel like no one knows it exists anymore. Actually, I feel like everyone forgot it existed until everything everywhere all at once and the Michelle yeah. Yeoh Renaissance we're having right now. Yeah, I think um, at Toronto this year, maybe Telluride, one of the one of the fall festivals had like a, a retrospective of it that was definitely like yeah, it was a retrospective on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but it was also, like, another campaign stop for Michelle. Right, like, man, yeah. It's the world really 80% wants her to win that Oscar. There. She's gonna... I, I don't... I still don't know, man. I'm like, is Tar... Like, did Tar lose too much steam? Here's the thing. This movie... The... Okay. So, you, so you, we already are feeling the backlash. We're feeling the backlash of everything mm-hmm. ever all at once already, right? Mm-hmm. If that movie wins Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Supporting Actress, the backlash is going to be insane. It's going to be unreal. And I almost like don't want it to win all those things because there is just something about something winning a lot of Oscars that just like kind of like puts a damper on the whole thing. Well, they haven't done it in a long time. Like shit doesn't sweep anymore. Like it'll sweep like the technical categories, but like. Above the line shit, nothing sweeps anymore. It always goes to separate shit now. And so, like, when things sweep, it'll be, it's gonna go back to the 90s where it just, where the same, where best actor and best actor will be from the same thing. But are we ready for a millennial helmed ode to, like, Spike Jones movies to win a bunch of awards at the Academy Awards? Like, it does feel like a little performative, doesn't it? Like, from the Academy's point of view. Yeah, like they're cool now. Yeah. And it's just I like, that. I don't know. I just like, I want movies like Howard's and to win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I just like, <laughs> feel like that's what it's meant for. Yeah, it is. It is weird. It's like whenever like, like whenever like, it's, it reminds me, it'll probably be like similar to whenever the Suburbs won Album of the Year at mm, the Grammys. Yeah. Right. Like, and oh, then, you're cool and, now. And look at what happened to them. I mean, I'm not yep. even talking about the allegations. I'm just talking about. They What's got happened since then? Incredibly worse. Yeah, just, musically, they just got terrible. And no one cares about them anymore. So I don't know. I just get a little concerned. Big awards, I mean, you we see a trend of, like, sometimes winning a big award can, be like, be death to a career. I mean, mm-hmm. like, Scorsese didn't win Best Picture until The Departed, you know, yeah. which is, in my like, opinion, 40 like a, lesser, years. a lesser one of his movies, you know? Yeah. And then look at someone like Alessia Cara winning Best New Artist at the Grammys. When's the last time you heard of Alessia Cara? Exactly. So I don't know. I'm just like a little exactly. concerned. I'm a little concerned. It just shows that it was a really bad year for movies. I think that it, that everything ever all at once is like, like that movie should have just been a cult classic. And mm-hmm. and now it's like becoming something else. And I guess it's a good thing. We'll see if it's a good thing. Maybe I'm just being a Scrooge about it. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. 
anyway. if, the thing is, if the Fablemans sweeps at the Oscars, I will burn down Hollywood. Myself. Oh yeah, oh yeah, please, please. I will come. I will come to Hollywood and I will put a put my lighter underneath that H on the Hollywood sign. Well, and just luckily watch it I live baby. nowhere near there, so you you tear yeah, it up. Oh yeah, I'll I'll let you know. I'll get free GoGo Wi-Fi on the plane to like tell you to evacuate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you think that that shit's gonna spread? Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna go down the hill. It's gonna be fire on the mountain. Grateful Dead. Okay. Um, it's gonna go straight down. I don't know the landscape or the topography of Hollywood. This whole scenario assuming... sounds like a Lana Del Rey song. <laughs> the landscape, the landscape, and the and the topography of Hollywood is a very I don't Lana know Rick. the landscape or topography of Hollywood Hills. But I know the feeling that it gives me when I'm with you. <laughs> Baby. Bang. Beautiful. I want wildfires. <laughs> <laughs> wildfires on Rodeo is the new album from Lana Del Rey, 2023, um, featuring like the, the hit single, Topography of Los Park. Angeles. It's hot. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. We should get, so crotch dagger hidden yeah. dragon. Why don't you give the people a little little uh, synopsis of the film, and then we'll dive into it. Yeah. Uh, so this week we watched Couch, Crouch and Tiger Hidden Dragon. It's the 2000 Ang Lee film starring Chow Yun Fat, Michelle Yeoh, Zhang Ji, and Chang Chen. Uh, and it is about a young Chinese warrior who steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a romantic adventure with a mysterious man on the frontier of the nation. And Michelle Yeoh serves cunt. Michelle Yeoh doesn't break a fucking sweat in this movie. She she's sure so unconcerned even when she's concerned. <laughs> it's like really, really beautiful thing to watch. It's incredible. And you can watch it on Hulu right now. Yeah, you can watch it on Hulu. And it has commercial breaks. <laughs> which oh, oh, I didn't have to sucks. do that. Sucks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize they started doing that to the Hulu films, but apparently they did. And I am pissed. That's, that's some Tubi that's shit. That's gay. Hulu. That's gay. Hillary Duff gay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, this movie, um, it's the first time I've seen this movie. Oh! It's my first time. Wow, okay. Um, I thought it was cool as hell. You thought um, it I thought it whipped. I thought it nanayed. I thought it was really cool. I, yeah, I really liked the fighting, and I just love Ang Lee in general. I just think he gets, like, drama down, like, capital D drama. Yeah. And, yeah, I did get a little slow in parts. Yeah. It kind of does ratchet down a little bit in the middle. <laughs> Yeah, I... And when Ratchet Down, I mean, it goes... It kind of stalls out for a little bit. I, I gotta say, I don't know if it was like, uh, if it was just watching this in the middle of the day. I don't know if it's because I'm tired or I had a huge trip tomorrow, so I wasn't, like, feeling the fantasy. But mm. I thought this movie was really boring. <laughs> like, really boring. Like, like the fight sequences were amazing. Like, Incredible. If the whole movie was that, I would have been gagged. Um, yeah. But I just found, like, a lot of the, like, I just found the story, it's the whole narrative just from beginning to finish to be so, like, inconsequential. I was like, mm-hmm. why? This story doesn't feel epic for what, yeah. how epic the fighting is. You know, it's like. It, yeah, the movie feels so larger than life and so surrealist. And then, yeah, the story really is just, like, about a sword. It's, like, about a girl that's, like, mm. I'm a princess that wants to, like. <laughs> 
like I love Zhang Ji. Like I'm not like I love her. She's like I'm uh, gonna get, I'm gonna gush over her in a second because I think she's amazing. But like her character in this movie is literally a spoiled brat who's like mm, I don't want to get married. Mm, I don't want a mentor. Mm, but I kind of want a mentor. Mm, I love this guy, but I also don't love this guy. And, I was, and it's just like, girl, feminism was weird in 2000. <laughs> like, I just like, I guess that's what it was. So I thought that yeah. was cool. That's a cool angle. I actually didn't remember the movie being so like feminine. Like I didn't remember the movie being so like female centric, which is yes. pretty cool, for, especially for mm-hmm. this time period. But I don't know. Yeah, just the story just felt like a little like it felt like a, a side story, like a side note story. Like if you're reading like an epic like not like Chinese novel about like warriors. It feels like it'd be like, Oh yeah. And just for context and here's like a little short story. Yeah. And then, okay. Now onto well, the actual Epic legend, you know? So this is based off of a, of a pentology. It's like a five series or five book films or book series from the forties. Uh, and it's part four. of Okay. It, which it definitely does feel like the fourth part of something. Yeah. It just, it was weird. It just, I don't know. I found myself just really not having a, like having a hard time paying attention to the movie's like dialogue sequences and just like glazing over and then being like, wait, what's going on? And then looking it up on Wikipedia and I was like, Oh, that's it. That's all that's going on. It just, it like, I'm not missing anything. It's really just this straightforward, but like also it was convoluted in its straightforwardness. I don't know how to describe. It's interesting because it's like reading and about this movie, it, they definitely like, not definitely. They deliberately tried to go for Western audiences with it. Absolutely. And you can tell that a little bit. Yeah. I think the fighting is, but the the story itself still definitely does feel like. Because I've seen a couple like Chinese epics and stuff, just because I was bored, and it they uh, the ones that I've seen also have this sort of really uh, convoluted sounds negative, but they have a very intense structure to them, and it felt very much like the Chinese epics that aren't catered for Western audiences. Right. Does that make sense? Like it, it didn't really feel like translated because it is like a different storytelling. Uh, that those films have different type of storytelling and it felt more Chinese than it did Western. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's really cool that Ang Lee, I feel like he does a pretty good job of like balancing, making the film feel very authentic for China, but also still making it like easy for Western audiences to get into. I will Mm -hmm. say that I do think that this is a really fascinating little tidbit about the making of the film. Apparently all four of the main actors are all from very different parts of China. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Michelle Yeoh's not even like she's from Malaysia. Yeah, she's from Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she's from Malaysia, and then Chow um, Yun Fat is from Hong Kong. So he speaks Cantonese, and this movie's in Mandarin. Um, mm. So for people that don't know, like the two like main big languages in China are Cantonese and Mandarin. Basically, if you're in Hong Kong, you speak Cantonese, and everyone else basically speaks Mandarin. I'm like really simplifying it, so just bear with me. Um, yeah. But, and then Zhang Ji speaks like Mandarin, like proper, whatever you want to call it, Mandarin. And then Chang Chen, who is, uh, I, I didn't even know was in this movie, he's like a big deal on Taiwanese film, mm-hmm. which is like a whole other, well, that's a whole other thing. We're not going to get yeah. into Chinese history here, but that's a whole other thing. He's in like Edward Yang movies and Hao Shishin movies, and he's Taiwanese. And all of them, I mean, I can't tell because my ears are not trained to, like, hear accents. Mm -hmm. But, like, apparently all of them have very thick and different accents from each other. And it really threw Chinese audiences off. And they, like, complained about it when it came out, which is really interesting. (laughs) 
Yeah, apparently Michelle Yeoh's uh, phonetic. Like, she's fully, like, just doesn't speak it. She just had to do her lines phonetically. Yeah, that's so wild because she's so that's good so at it. so crazy. She just acted uh, with her so eyes, good. mama. She was like, I want mm-hmm. Chow Yun-Fat. Like, literally the whole movie, mm-hmm. I was like, you want him? You're, like, sticking to that motivation. You're like, I want him. Um, but I thought that was really fascinating, and I was just kind of, like, trying to figure out whether the, like, American version of that would be. Would it be, like, a Canadian a someone with like a Mexican accent speaking English, a, someone with a French accent speaking English, <laughs> and then a Southern person, yeah. like all in a movie <laughs> together, but it's all in the same place. Yeah, yeah, and they're all playing like the founding fathers. Yeah, yeah, but like I yeah. love it. Like I would like gag if that happens. So like I don't know. Yeah, like, we get uh, <laughs> that's camp. <laughs> yeah, we get like I don't know what's his name. We get Paul Mescal, uh, Caleb Landry Jones. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the most Canadian person of all time, uh, <laughs> Eugene Levy. Yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, then fucking what's her name? Who's who's the one that Vin- won an Vince- Oscar that Vincent no one cares Cassell. about? Vincent Cassell. Vincent Cassell would be perfect. <laughs> but yeah, As Benjamin Franklin. I mean, I still think the, the movie did really well in China, but. Mm-hmm. I just think that detail alone is a sign, I guess, in my mind that I'm like, okay, so like in, with Ang Lee, he's like, I'm just choosing the best actors like yeah. that I want to work with that are basically in the China and greater area around China that are going to be in this movie. And I don't really give a shit like, <laughs> if it's yeah. authentic. So I think that's really, that's interesting. Ang Lee rules. Yeah, he's uh, a cool director. He, he's such a weirdo. I love he him. Is he always is. He, he's never sold out. Which I think is just so cool. He just always does whatever the fuck he wants to do. Yeah, no, he does. Like, even ever... his, like, Hulk. <laughs> his Hulk. Here's the thing about his Hulk. I thought it was bad when I saw it, and I haven't seen it since. And I know it's, like, considered one of the worst comic book movies ever. But I remember things about the Hulk, like, cinematography-wise. Like, yeah. that were really cool. Um, yeah. All these years later. So I've really wanted to revisit it. Because I'm like, maybe people just, I know like, there is a... It. There is a cult of people out there who think it's incredible, who think it's, pun intended, who think the Hulk movie is incredible, uh, who just, like, yeah, who just look at it as, like, another Ang Lee movie and not, like, a superhero movie. I want to rewatch it. I will say that yeah. my favorite Ang Lee movie is The Ice Storm. Ice Storm is so fucking the good. Ice Storm is so good. It's so fucking good. But what a cool career. He's done Sense and Sensibility. Yeah. Then he did fucking um, the Ice Storm. Then he did Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and then he did like Hulk, and then Brokeback Mountain. Like yes. what a badass! And then follows up Brokeback Mountain. He just won the Academy Award for Best Director, and follows it up with Lust Caution, which is a unhinged movie. That movie's so good. I've never <laughs> seen it. I want to. Though. It whips. It's so cool. It's like I remember it being like seventy hours long. How long is it? Yeah, it's uh, one hundred fifty-eight minutes. Uh, it's incredible. And then Life of Pi, which is like, I haven't seen it since it came out and I probably won't because it seems like one of those movies that's like, not seems like it is one of those very technologically like advanced and forward movies that like won't play well at home. Yeah, I still have never seen it. So I think I missed my chance for it to actually. And that's how he won his second. He has two Best Director Oscars. Which Wait is a second. So, he like, directed Taking Woodstock? Yes. What the <laughs> which is fuck? Crazy. I watched that movie in my gender studies class. Oh, really? <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was specifically about the 60s, so... Oh, interesting. And yeah. then he directed and Gemini then, Man? They did Gemini Man. What the and fuck? He's, it's a, him and, like, Quaron, and I would put him in the same thing with, like, Zemeckis and Friday Fincher and 
Cameron as like directors that get really that got a little too obsessed with technology in their filmmaking. Because yeah. uh, like Life of Pi, Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk, and Gemini Man, Man, <laughs> all have this like insane visual look to them. And Billy Lynn and Gemini Man were all shot like in the the high frame rate. Mm. That is so distracting and disorienting, and I hate it. It looks like shit. Uh, even in even in Avatar two, which like I love and will proselytize the rest of my life, like it has high frame rate stuff, and like even James Cameron with unlimited budget can't make it look good. Like it's what is with game. the frame rate thing? It all started with like I Peter Jackson trying to do it with The Hobbit, and it's like it's so bad. No one wants to see a hyper realistic looking Hobbit world. No, like Mama, let no. it be surreal, let it be dreamlike. That's cinema, mm-hmm. baby. That's what it's supposed to look like. I think that's kind of what I like about Crash Nugget Hidden Dragon in general is that it feels very dreamlike, especially like, the way that people walk in the air and the jump around, the light, lifelessness and lightness to them. It feels like the way people move in dreams. No, it and does. I think that's kind of how that kind of explains the, the plot and the non-action sequences too, because it does still feel very dreamlike in that it's like, I don't really kind of understand what's happening, but like I'm still going along with it. See, I think that's what didn't work for me about the dialogue sequences. I feel the dialogue sequences were a little too rooted in, like, some sort of, like, boring reality. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's like we're talking about, like, swords and marriage and governors and bureaucracy. And I'm just like, girl, like, I just want to see people fly through trees, which is Mm -hmm. my favorite part of the movie. When she's fighting Chao Yun-Fat in the trees, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Amazing. And it's all practical. It's amazing. Can we just talk about Zhangji for a second? Let's talk about Zhangji. She is so good in this movie, and she's so good good in everything I've ever seen her in. She's an amazing actress, and I Mm -hmm. adore her. Adore her. I had a big crush on her when I was a kid. Like, I literally saw Memoirs of a Geisha just because of her. (laughs) And you're out here watching 2046, and you're like... I did watch John. 2046 recently, and I did think that she gave the best performance in the film. Not <laughs> She's just oh, so good. Uh, you know what else? She is in a movie that came out this year. That's right. She is an avatar, but she does the Chinese voice of one of the characters. Uh, oh. Well, that's not. Yeah, it sucks that like her. It seems like she like she gets used more as like an actress in movies in like non English movies, but like. In America, she's kind of stuck to Cloverfield Paradox, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, yeah, Avatar, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like she's in these sort of like kind of schmaltzy actiony movies where it's like it looks like, and I know very little about these movies. They could be shitty. Who knows? But it seems like she has more. She's in like a John Woo movie. She's in two John Woo movies. She's in all these other movies that seem so much cooler than what she's given to in America. Well, I was reading an interview with her as I was like kind of half watching the movie cause I was bored. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, and I was just like, Zhang um, and she did say that like after the success of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, that she was given like all sorts of opportunities to work in more, you know, American films. And she turned a lot of them down because it was oh, really? a lot of like stereotypical, like Asian female roles. And so I think that's why she kind of just stuck to working in China. But here's the thing in China, she's won like a bajillion awards. She, I think she's the most awarded, I, she was in Wong Kar Wai's The Grandmaster, which I've not seen from 2013. Apparently, mm. she won the most uh, accolades for Best Actress than any woman in Chinese film history. Hell yeah. For her performance in that movie. So she's like a huge deal there. 
So I feel like she's just, I mean, like, I guess it's hard for us to fathom too, because it's like India, China, like there's so, there's other like industries that are just mm-hmm. as like huge and big as the American film industry. And they're like self-sustaining and they like, I mean, our movies will go to China, but like a Chinese movie will typically like always just like get number one. Like they got their own yeah. shit going down. So I feel like, she doesn't really like need us that much. I mean, I wish no, she needed us more because I want to see her in more English movies. <laughs> but it sounds like I just need to watch some more fucking Chinese movies. So I can yeah. see my, my my woman. I have a big crush on her. She rules. She She's rules. incredible. She always plays like an acid tongued little bitch and everything, and I just like fucking <laughs> love it. Like, I feel like she's always kind of cunty, and I like love yes. that about her. Yes, and like she's she so is in this girl. She's. She's so pretty. And then, I mean, we got to talk about Michelle. Yeah. Well, Michelle. I will say this. She does a lot with, like, I would consider, like, a nothing role. Mm-hmm. I feel like the role is yeah. pretty one-dimensional. Um, it is cool that she's given she was given the chance to really flex her acting muscles more in something like Everything Everywhere All at Once. I feel, mm-hmm. like in the, I feel like Michelle Yeoh, to me, what she's proven is that she will take a nothing role and put her entire pussy into it. Yeah, I think that I was looking at her, like, filmography today, and I was, I, like, expected more, like... Let me, I expected less schlock, but she's in, like, a lot of schlock. Yeah. I mean, she was in Crazy Rich Asians and, like... Yeah. She's in, like, a lot of... I feel like she... I was watching something with her on YouTube the other day, and I was like, I was like, oh, whoa, she was in that? Like, I, like... Yeah, she's in Shang-Chi. Yeah, she's in Shang-Chi. She's, like, in her big English language uh, debut is Tomorrow Never Dies. And, like, she's in Sunshine. Okay, and Sunshine Rules. Mummy. Sunshine Rules. <laughs> sunshine Rules. I'm not going to – that's not schlock. That's that's high art, mama. I love that movie. Yeah, when his, when his face is melting at the end. All right. I love that that right. movie is like a meditation on like death and the end of the world. And then it's like horror movie. It. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and then yeah, the, yeah the she's the in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. She's in a bunch of just like things that wouldn't not, that aren't typically elevated to the high critical status. Right. And then, oh, so yeah. I think that it, like, she's going to be in like her, truly you would think that, yeah, she's going to be in Wicked, Avatar 3 and 4, the new uh, uh, Haunting in Venice, which is a Kenneth Branagh thing, and then the Transformers movie with the Dinobots. She's also, like, done a lot of voice acting for, like, children's movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, I, I love her, but then I look at Miss Zhang Ji's filmography, mm-hmm. and I'm like, mama. Like, Ma'am. I mean. Ma'am. The taste. House of Flying Daggers, 2046, Hero, mm-hmm. you know, Rush Hour 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can't all be winners. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems like Michelle Yeoh's interested in being in big spectacle films. I feel like yeah. Zhang Ji seems more interested in being in, like, they're spectacles. Like, I mean, like, Hero's a spectacle, but it's a different kind of spectacle, you know? Yeah, it's more elevated. It's a little bit more, like... <laughs> A little more chic, I guess. Zhang Ji would never play Master Chow in Minions: The Rise of Gru. No, exactly. That's what I'm she getting would never. at. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. So I feel like they're very different. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you know Michelle talks a lot about like, and she's right about like the lack of opportunities for her. But like at the same time, like when you look at other big Asian female actresses of, especially like Maggie Chung or like uh, Gong Li, like I feel like all of them mm. are like, I want to be in like prestigious. 
films. Everyone's like, I want to be the Chinese Isabelle Huppert. Yeah, exactly. And exactly, Michelle Yeoh's but... like, I want to be... Like, I want to I... be the Chinese Michelle... <laughs> what is it? What's her name? Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I love Michelle, and she's really talented, but I do think her interests seem to lie in a different arena. Um, yeah. Like... Yeah, she's not, like, had... Like, she's not as big as maybe other actors in her age group. But I consider her, like, to be a pretty Americanized actress at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like most of oh, the work yeah. she does is in American films. You know? Yeah, she was in a lot... She was in... She did a lot of Star Trek stuff. She's been in big... She's... She's... Michelle Yeoh, she's an icon. She's a legend. Yeah. It'd be real cool if she won the Oscar. It would just be cool if she won it. It would be really, really cool if she won the Oscar. I agree. But, yeah, I just feel like... Give her better material. I don't know. Give her better material. Give her better material. Come on. I just want better material. Because she Someone acts the fuck out of, this, out of this movie, and she's like, her character is literally like, you're in love. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, in the sentence. Like, that's your <laughs> whole character, you know? I think that's just like, I think that's why, like, the response to Everything Everywhere has been so great. Because it's like, it's, it is a lot of people who are only in genre stuff finally given a chance to flex those muscles. Well, it's also, like, the movie itself is kind of a flex of, like, you can make a genre movie and it can be, like, something everyone can enjoy. Like, it doesn't have to be this, like, super yeah. niche thing. But that's kind of, like, it's undoing, right? Or, like, what people are criticizing about the movie is that maybe it's a little too pandering. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, I like that it's pandering. I mean, we talked yeah. a lot about in this pod about how we think there's, like, like there's nothing wrong with the movie being populist, you know? Um, nothing. And I think that can be really cool. And sometimes when I'm on film Twitter, I'm like, God, so many people are so gatekeepy about that. Like every movie needs to be like the piano teacher. I'm like, no, no, I don't want like, no, like I love that movie, but like, I don't want all the choices to be that. No, God, no. Uh, I did. I do like that. There is this kind of backlash to glass onion. Oh yeah. Well, I watched it last night. I thought it was fine. I thought it was so fun. I don't know. I I mean, I I wasn't expecting like, like I went into it. Like I'm about to have fun. Like I'm going to watch a fun movie that I will forget about in a week. Yep. And I I think whenever it was in theaters, it's the same thing when people, it's like festival fever when everyone like comes out of Sundance and they're like, you know, Brooklyn is the greatest movie of all time. And then, I mean, Brooklyn's a bad example. Brooklyn's incredible. It's like, uh, what's that movie that you like that I hate? To be more specific, uh, me, you, and everyone we know. Not me, you, and everyone we know. Oh, me, me Earl, Earl, and, and the Dying, Dying Girl. Girl. Yes. It's like that where it's like you can come out of festival fever, you come out of the festival, and you're like, oh, that's the greatest movie of all time, and then regular people watch it, and you're like, oh, this kind of sucks. I think that's kind of what's happening with Glass Sounding, where it's like not in the festivals anymore and not in that exclusive weekend. So like that 98% of the people that now have the opportunity to watch it watch it and are like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say that modern film criticism is, like, in a horrendous state. Um, It's bad. And it's one of the reasons why I I tried to pursue film criticism for, like, five seconds, and I wrote a couple reviews for a few websites, and I just, like, I just found that, like, what people want is not an actual, like, analysis or review. What they want is for you to, like, use, like, sweeping generalizations about why the movie's either amazing or terrible. There's, like, no Mm -hmm. in-between. And I feel like the only reason why people behave this way on film Twitter and all the critics are so, like, I just watched a masterpiece is literally because they want their tweet in the trailer. And they want the Mm -hmm. attention that they get. Um, if they like love something and I find it really cringy and like pick me energy. Like it's mm-hmm. like people will literally be like, 
I don't care. Glass Onion, I could watch a million of those. We need more films like this. And I just feel like I'm like, why can't something just be, like, fine? Like, why can't something just be fun? Why can't it just be Well, it's also, like, normal? a subtle brag of, like, seeing something like the, when, like at a festival or at a press screening or whatever. And not only are you, like, do you have an opinion on it, you're one of the first people to have an opinion That's on it. That's it, too. Because I feel like after I went to one year of South By, it's, like, immediately you go on Twitter after, like, I went to the premiere of eighth grade, for example. And, like, mm-hmm. everyone was, like, Oh my god, he's You know what I mean? It's like immediately, like everyone's like putting it out into the universe, and it's because they, they, yeah, they want to be noticed. We're just so mm-hmm. caught up, and it's like I hate to be one of those people that's like shitting on social media because it's like so like the, but like, it is kind of like obnoxious. It really is. Like, mm-hmm. I just find that like, like we don't have mid tier movies anymore. Like I no. saw the only tweet today that I saw that I thought was real was they were like the reason why Margot Robbie's not a huge movie star is because she only does like huge temple movie franchises yep. like Harley Quinn or she does shit like Babylon. But there's no like random mid tier like rom com that she's yeah. been in. It's like that's like what I, makes someone she, famous. She has no like Pelican Brief like Julia Roberts. Yes, did. exactly. There's no like regular ass populist mid budget movie. To just be in that's just entertaining and schlocky that you forget about in a week. But in a way, that Mm -hmm. is what makes you famous. Like, being in films Mm -hmm. like that. Like, when people are like Sandra Bullock, they don't remember her in, like, Gravity or The Blind Side. They remember her in, like, Speed and Miss Congeniality. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what people – people remember her with, like – like, people, Julia Roberts, like, wasn't she in, like, Sleeping with the Enemy? I feel like that – when I, like, talk about Julia Roberts – that's like the movie they remember her being in. Yeah, it's never August Osage County or yeah. the Mexican. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And that's and that's what we're missing. And I I think there's value in movies like that. Like I love a What Lies Beneath. You know, like I just like give me mm-hmm. like a normal. Like, give me a seven out of ten movie. Give me a seven out of ten. Yeah. And that is what Glass that's... Onion. Glass Onion was a seven out of ten movie. It was like perfectly fun and fine. I would have a blast watching it with my family. I'm sure. Other than the politics mm-hmm. that would make them roll their eyes and. Other than that, like, that's that's all it needs to be. Yeah. Did you see uh, The Woman King? No. The Woman King is came out of 1994, blasted out from 1994. It is the most 90s action epic movie in the entire world. It's so good because it feels like you could catch it on TNT mm. any hour of the day, and you'd be like, ooh, The Woman King. Oh, I love And you're only 20 minutes into it? Maybe oh, The Woman King should it. just win Best Picture. For real, I'm banging the drum for the woman king. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, or even like, I mean, to bring it back to Crouch Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I feel like Crouch Tiger, Hidden Dragon is another good example of this kind of movie. Not to say that it's like a mid tier movie, but we're talking about like a, you know, a, a modest budget, you know, foreign mm-hmm. language film that is like fun and fantasy laden and it's like not super complicated and anyone can enjoy it. I mean, I watched this with my family, like when I was 11. Mm-hmm. So. It's like, but I don't feel like movies like this get made anymore. No. You know? No one's willing to just dole out like a 10 to $20 million budget anymore. It's like, it's either a $2 million budget or it's like a bajillion dollars to make Avatar. Well, it's all on TV. That's where the budget is, is TV. But no one's watching those uh, because there's too many of them. Right. It's like, remember like when a Netflix original would come out and it would like halt time? Mm-hmm. Now you know? there's 15 that come out a day. 
All the Wednesday apparently is like the biggest. Show. I mean, Netflix lies about everything. It's so the fuck well, is Wednesday. No, everyone's watching Wednesday. I watched Wednesday, and Wednesday? it's like a ter- totally serviceable and fine and forgettable show. What I was shocked by is I didn't realize everyone had such a boner for Wednesday Adams. I mean, I love her because I mean, it's me and. I love a deadpan mean girl, you know, but mm-hmm. I was like shocked. I was like, wow, people really still care about the Adams family. And I wonder if it's like the power of the, the Christina Ricci memes. Like, I think so. It's the, it's the power of the Lady Gaga song that's in the TikToks. Well, what's funny is that's not even in the show. That was like someone just like really? mashed up the dance. Yeah. She dances to the cramps in the show. Oh, so could oh is that what Goo Yeah. It's Goo Is that what Goo is all over TikTok? Oh, I just thought TikTok all of a sudden got good taste. No, no, it's because anytime people are listening to good music on TikTok, it's because it was on a TV show or movie. Yep. I mean, period. Period. One time I was at a, uh, a vintage shop on North Loop, and they had a, a vintage cramp shirt from the, the 80s, I guess. It was $150 for a vintage cramp shirt. Girl, you should see the prices for vintage band tees here. I can't even imagine. I mean, I'm talking like... I, there's a shop really close to here where they have like cockdude twins like tour shirts. Oh hell yeah! And they're, and they're like, like two hundred eighty dollars. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Man. Well, back to Crash Tiger Hidden Dragon. Before we go to the straight section, it's I'm looking at the it, so this one best foreign language now best international feature at the Oscars. I never heard of the three of the movies. It was Taste of Others, Everybody's Famous, and Divided We Fall, but it went up against Amoris Peros. Which is like, I mean, damn. God, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know which one I've here, chosen. Here's the thing. Amoris Perros is like two, it's like two thirds a really good movie. Here's the thing about movies where it's three stories back to back is it's like, there's always going to be one that you're like, meh. And here's the thing. The story that I didn't like the most is definitely the gayest one, which is the one about a woman <laughs> whose dog is trapped under her fucking floor. Mm-hmm. And she's like a model and she like loses her leg in a car accident. You think that that would be the one that I'd be gagging over, but that's the one I'm like, but I do love the story of like the guy that like pits the two. It's like two brothers that like hate each other or something. And he like makes them kill each other. That one is fire. That's so Alejandro. God, he's so so drama. No one talks about how fucking drama Alejandro Gonzalez and Yuritu is like his movies He's are so, so over the fucking top they're so melodramatic and they take themselves gonna, so seriously are you gonna watch Bardo yeah I'll watch Bardo but I'm nervous about it because it's got Apparently a similar title terrible. to Birdman so yep. so I'm like I'm not I, and I never saw The Revenant terrible awful movie the only thing that's good about The Revenant is that a lot of horses fall off of cliffs which is hysterical Whenever horses die in a movie, it's always so funny because they're so elegant. They just can't die. Like, the way that horses die is so funny. (laughs) It's just like, oh. They're, like, so beautiful. Um, Yeah. I mean, my favorite favorite Inurita movie is Babel. I know that people, like, hate that movie, but I think it's I'm people. Me, I'm people. (laughs) I love Babel. It's so fucking Good. <laughs> when Rinko Kikuchi goes to the fucking dentist's office and tries to make the dentist like <laughs> feel up her pussy because she's horny, I'm like, this is me. It's camp. Like I'm her. It's camp. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so good. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I'll watch. I'll probably watch Bardo tomorrow. Ugh, uh, God. Yeah, I'll, I'll catch up on it. Is there anything straight about this movie? I mean, yeah, martial arts, martial arts, real stunts, real fighting. Real fighting. They love That's it. Straight. 
Yeah. So as here, elegant and beautiful it is as it is, it's still fighting, which is gays don't fight. So it's interesting. I feel like this is a very niche kind of straight person because I feel mm-hmm. like they're not always around. They're like hiding in the shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you'll meet a guy every once in a while and then you'll find out that they're really into like martial arts, or, like Kung Fu. And, like, fighting movies. And then, oh, my God, they open up a closet and there's a bunch of, like, bootleg tapes in there. Yeah. Of, like, a bunch <laughs> of, like, crazy classic, like, Chinese movies. And you're like, oh, you're, like, really into, like, martial yeah, you're arts not, it, you, There's no, like, half measures in the Kung Fu fandom. No. You're either, either in or you're out. And it's, like, and, it's like, and it's, like, a dirty secret, sort of. Like, it's, like, when gay guys are, like, really into Tori Amos, it's very that energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like you're Don't not ashamed, like baby. not telling people that you're into Tori Amos. You might just not let people know like how into Tori Amos yeah. you are. <laughs> Same thing with uh, straight guys that are into kung fu. Uh huh. I, I think that's what I like um, so much about friend of the pod and friend of real life, Chris. Um, he's really into kung fu, martial arts, and movies that have fighting stuff like that. And I think what really sparked my interest uh, is because he's also very into dance. Mm. And I never really connected the the choreography between fighting and dancing until like I was friends with him, and I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, this movie does th- thread the line between dancing mm. and fighting really well. Yeah, they I lean love, into it. It feels so much like a ballet. It's God. so beautiful. I when love when Zhang Zhi like beats up all those people in that like bar for no reason. Incredible. See, if the movie was just more like that the whole time, I think I would have gagged because I, like, loved that, like, the movie was just, like, kind of plodding along and then out of nowhere she just, like, decides to just, like, be rude to people and fight them all, like, just for fun. (laughs) I liked that bit. I Um, I also think that, like, straight people, like, in a weird way, they do love watching women kick ass. They do it. it, it, It's hot. I just feel like it's a different kind of, like, they like it for a different reason than I think that, like, we like it. Like, we like it because they're Mm. like, yeah, girl power. But like <laughs> They like it Because they're like Ha oh, She's hot And she kicks ass Well it's also like I mean It's because the TikTok algorithm Gives me a lot of like uh, It knows me very well At this point But I get a lot of like Content about like Women beating up men As far as like A fetish And I think that it's like A secret like Kind of Thing that dudes are into Is like A lady just fucking Wailing on you Here's the thing we don't realize because we live in this, like a different, bigger, better reality than straight people, right? Mm-hmm. We can get dominated and we can be dominant. We can be submissive. Mm-hmm. We can be anything that we want to be when we're in the moment with whoever we're with, right? Mm-hmm. What a powerful, beautiful, fluid, and flexible thing, right? Straight people don't have that. And if they do, it's taboo and they don't talk about it. So it's like if a mm-hmm. dude wants to be like pegged or he wants to be like... Well, that's the thing, right? It's like it, to be dominated by a woman, he needs to be pegged and it needs to be like a dominatrix, right? It has to be like the extreme. Mm-hmm. They can't just like let a woman take control in bed. It has to be like a fetish, right? Yeah. So I yeah. think that like in my opinion, where a lot of this stems from is because, yeah, I do secretly think that they want women to dominate them because life's short, baby. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. You don't want to know Sometimes it I don't like feel like doing submissive. anything. It's hot. Yes, it is. Sometimes, Sometimes it's just hard to be like railed and just to be like, yes, I'm all, you know, yes. and straight guys don't get to like, a lot of them will never get to experience that. And that's really sad. Straight guys will never get to be whole. Yeah. But they all secretly want to be whole. No matter how mm-hmm. much they try to deny it. I don't believe them. 
Like you're yeah. a human being. We're we're vast. We're endless. Okay. And I mm-hmm. know that there's a part of you that wants to be whole. Just be whole. It's okay. Just be whole for your hot girlfriend. It's okay. Yes. She won't okay. tell anyone except for us, their gay best friend. Mm-hmm. And I we're gonna, and then of course we're gonna be assholes and be like, that's a little fruity. <laughs> <laughs> So gay men, yeah, stop gay. shaming straight men for wanting to experience butt stuff because you yes. are being rude and being like, you're gay if you want butt stuff. Is, is, they're not going to be able to ascend into the higher ranks of, of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. yes. If they were home more often, maybe the world would be a better place. That's the straight people movie's way. Yeah. Be whole. Be whole. Be whole. Let Zhang Ji stick the what's the sword called? The green destiny in the you. green destiny. Yeah, <laughs> take that green destiny. It's four hundred years old, about a foot wide, about three feet long. Yeah, razor sharp. And helmed by a, a hot Asian girl who won an Independent Spirit Award for Best Supporting Actress. <laughs> Congratulations! Congratulations, Zhang. Speaking of being whole, <laughs> is there anything gay about this movie? A lot. I think her name is made, Jade we Fox. A, we might have made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, we may have. I did text her. Girls, like we may have made a mistake. But here's the thing: but no, here's gays the thing. haven't claimed it yet. Why not? Nope. Mm-hmm. It's up for grabs. I, anything that's not, you you have to opt out of straight. Like it's everything's automatically mm-hmm. straight until it's claimed by us, right? So, yep. We haven't claimed Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon yet, but it's right. I there. think it's one of those ones where it's like whenever you're choosing, you know, like people for a kickball team or whatever it's net crash tiger hidden dragon isn't the last choice but it's not not the first choice right it's, it's like first. it's like okay i'm gonna like i get to go first okay gone girl come over here gone girl yeah mm-hmm. um and then someone's like mm, i'll take black swan i'll take black swan yeah <laughs> and then it's, like, it's like all i have left is crash tiger hidden dragon or free guy and it's like like crash tiger get over here girly we'll get over here crouchy tiger <laughs> i always wanted to choose you girl and then, no, and then it get, goes to the confessional sad. crouchy tiger's like and it's like the rattlesnake noise and they're like <laughs> okay i see that's how it is okay i guess i gotta prove to these bitches that i'm just as gay as the rest of them mm-hmm. <laughs> mama there's fly dancing fighting mm-hmm. i'm surprised that all the little like anime gays aren't like going like buck wild for this one for real. Uh... But the th- I I still think it's ultimately a straight movie. Yeah, it is because it's boring. Because it, <laughs> because it's kind of boring, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of boring. <laughs> and like I I think with like I think like martial arts, it, it, like specifically in like genre movies and stuff, are hard to. There always will be like an us uh, a gay audience for anything. Gay people are everywhere. Yeah, but, we're like, everywhere. We like all things. People, okay. Uh, yes, and I think like of recently, there's been like kind of a reclamation of queer queerness within other genres. So I'm thinking of horror movies, something like that. But like you would never see that there's like a there's a secret gay cabal for like westerns or yeah. martial well, power arts the movies. Dog. Power, there we go. Which but I also Sam Elliott for... said it's not a western. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, man, my whole family did just call me a faggot, and they got me Criterion's for Christmas, didn't they? I got Ichi Mama Tambien, Weekend, and Power of the Dog. Yeah. And Wally. They literally said Criterion movies for faggots, and then went, <laughs> oh, no, it's all of them. And then went, okay, we need to be more specific. <laughs> Criterion movies with gay characters in them. 
And that's ten. That's uh, that's ten movies. And that's only ten of them. <laughs> and I have all of them now. Uh, but specifically, I think... Well, the thing is, gay people don't know how to read. Yes. You know who else doesn't know how to read? Jade Fox. <laughs> um, and so for She's that, we thank lesbo. you. She's such a lesbo. I know I love Jane Fox. <laughs> Jane Fox is so major. She's such a cunt. But here's the thing. <laughs> One thing that I didn't like about the movie, and I get it's 2000, and it's like set in the 19th century or whatever, but it's like also like, when she stated the reason why she killed his master, I was like, I mean, that's tea. Like, yeah. he wasn't being is. inclusive. Like, fuck him. Yes. She's like, yeah, he would sucks. sleep with me, but he wouldn't train me. And I was like, yeah, that seems like a pretty good reason to poison a man. I don't know. Truly, that's how you know it's a gay villain, because the villainry, the reason behind it, totally makes sense. Totally makes sense, and death by poison. Gay. Mm-hmm. Gay. Yeah. Um, there's a scene where Jade Fox catches a dart. Yeah. It's like a, one of the early night fights. Incredible. Oh, that's catching girl darts. who, like, lost her mom and then her dad. She's mm-hmm. like, let me avenge mother, and then her dad dies. And then yep. we never see her again. <laughs> R.I.P. Queen. Uh, and yeah, then just Jade Fox in general. Like, yeah, she's yeah. just she's, a, she's a very beast. saggy. We love her. Um, Gaipa Award winner, if we still have those. Oh yeah, but sorry. finally, oh. it's fine. <laughs> but one of, but maybe the most famous, the greatest gay or like gay thing in this movie, is the flowing fabric. Yeah, lots of flowing fabric. It's been a while since we've had a flowing fabric movie. Yeah, we need to watch Hero. And... That movie literally is just flowing fabrics. <laughs> that movie is flowing fabric and leaves. Yeah, it's just pretty leaves. Uh, but there's so much great fabric work in this movie. So so good, so tactile, um, so tactile. All the re- like, I could like feel the wires in the movie, but I didn't care. Yeah, I thought it was cool as hell. The actors were selling it. They were selling it. It felt cool. If I could walk around like that, just, oh, like, get I around. wish I could float, bitch. Oh my god. If I could have no weight. Oh. Uh, oh my god. Fuck you, I gravity. I need to learn I need to learn that fucking equation from Interstellar so I don't have to deal with gravity. Mm. <laughs> yeah, how do I get to be just a I want to be a vibration. How do I get to that level of existence? Die. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I did I did rewatch Martyrs last night. Yes, yesterday was Christmas. Um and if that's what it takes, I'll do it. Mm, some suffering. If Mar- yeah, if being martyrsed um, is how I get to have no no weight. Do it to me. Seems okay, fine. Joan of Arc, Mama. Mm-hmm. I just want to come into work every day, have someone beat the shit out of me, and they eat grease soup. Mm. It looked okay, delicious. Okay, Linda Blair. That soup looked delicious. I don't know why she was gagging it up every day. <laughs> I love pea soup, bitch. <laughs> pea I love a vegetable good. medley soup. Mm-hmm. Get that immersion blender out till everything's green. Mm. Mm, I love my green juice. I want my kale, my spinach, mm-hmm. my arugula. <laughs> a little bit of lemon juice and a little bit of cayenne so I can lose those extra. Yeah, so it helps my sinuses when I'm eating out of a sinuses, dog bowl you know on the floor. <laughs> Whenever I get flayed alive. Um, Martyrs Rips. Go watch it. It's on Shutter. <laughs> that's our um, gay recommendation this week. No. That's our gay recommendation <laughs> <laughs> is martyrs. Um, let's go to the gay recommendation. Um, I couldn't think of any at all this week. Um, so we're just going to give you a conceptual recommendation instead. And it's to just play as a girl in a fighting game. Just do that. It's so true though. It's so <laughs> real. That's so real. If you want to know if, okay, so here's the thing. 
if your child, if your eight-year-old, if you got an eight-year-old at home, I don't know how mm-hmm. many listeners we have that have children, but if they're playing, if they're a little boy and they're playing with a girl in a video game, one of two things is going to happen to that child. Mm-hmm. One, they're going to be a gay. They're going to mm-hmm. be a gay. Number two, they're going to be really into anime titties. It's yep. one or the other. It's oh one or the God. other. Oh, my God. Did you ever play that game in the early 2000s called Dead or Alive? Mm-mm. It was a fighting game. It was one of the, you know, it wasn't, it was like, so, it was like kind of like a C-list fighting game. But they were really famous for having gigantic titty anime girls as their fighters uh, yeah. to the point that it was like pornographic. And they released a beach volleyball game that was just mm. the girlies. Mm. And it was their big boobies uh, flopping yep. around everywhere. And it was, I wanted it so bad. My parents wouldn't get it for me. Oh my gosh. I'm so I wanna... sorry. But you got Final <laughs> Fantasy X 2 instead, right? Oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, that's too vulgar. Here's Final Fantasy X 2. Now go but kill that's God. The thing is, like, sometimes when you're like a little boy, you're looking for the codes. You know, you're like, are mm-hmm. you know, my other friends trying to like suck dick one day? You know, because you're only like yep. 11. You're not ready for all that just yet. Well, but, but, I, and, and not you'll to... see your like little guy friends are playing with girls too in video games. Okay, he maybe he's a little fruity. No, he's just gonna mm-hmm. be really into big anime titties when he gets older. One of the I'm, I hate to I hate to be this annoying of a person, but I'm about to uh, explain a sketch that I wrote once. But I wrote this sketch sure. that was um, it was three boys at a sleepover, like nine year old boy. We were all nine year old boys, and we were all. Um, playing Mario Kart and everyone wanted to be Peach, but no one wanted to admit that they were gay. Oh my God. That's so funny. And it was one of my, one of my finest works. I would have that's to say. hilarious. So like, fine, I guess, <laughs> you know what? I don't even want to be Peach. I'll be, I'll be Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. It was all like, well, it was, it's my birthday. So I get to be Peach. I was like, well, it's my N64. So I get to be Peach. And it was just like, that's so as funny. they, there's as it goes on, it devolves. There's different tiers of gay Mario characters to play with though. Right. Because, mm-hmm. I was a Waluigi player, which I also think is a fruity choice. Yes. But that's just because I'm evil. I'm an evil gay. I'm one of those evil yeah. gays you hear about in the news. Um, yeah. And they play as Waluigi when they play. <laughs> the only evil gays you hear in the news are serial killers. <laughs> I, I love did it. Did I stutter? We don't know. Did I stutter? Um, but, you know. I was but, always a peach and then, girl. And then all um, fucking, uh, which, what's the word I'm looking for? Tinder. Tinder queers that are probably only bisexual. Toad. <gasps> Toad. I mean, I did Toad in Mario Kart, um, mm. but I have since moved on to Shy Guy. Mm, yeah, that, that's Tinder queer bisexual. That's a little depressed. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. If I could, I, I mean, yeah, the the gay Mario characters: Peach, Daisy, all the girls, of course, of course, Toad, Baby Mario, Baby Mario, Baby Luigi, Baby Bowser. No, Baby Bowser's straight. No, that's straight. Um, I think Rosalina is also straight. Yeah, um, only like she's too a- new. Like actual girls play as Rosalina. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for girls, um, <laughs> <laughs> not for faggots. You know. No, uh, and then I mean I don't think any gays play as Bowser, but they want to be destroyed by Bowser. Yeah, they're, they, they're Bowser. they quiver in his power for sure. Oh my god, you need to see. I don't. I, uh, he listens. He's listening to the podcast. I know. So he. Never mind. I don't want to spoil it. There's a person listening to the podcast. Who just know that I'm thinking about you right now? Oh wow! Oh, and then, <laughs> and then and then boys that you had a crush on when you were a kid that you thought might be fruity, but they ended up not being fruity. Yoshi always were Yoshi. It's always like the nice straight boy, the one that was like really mm-hmm. accepting of your sexuality, that but still wouldn't kiss you. Nope. Like that's the Logan Lerman in the Perks of Being a Wallflower. He played as Yoshi. 
Goddamn. Yeah, because you would think Yoshi would be fruity, but no, he's... No. At the end of the day, he is a dinosaur. It's just like a sweet, And dinosaurs are straight. Who will end up being like a soft fuck boy one day after getting his heart broken once, but... Oh, yeah. But it's a little... It oh. takes a little longer for them to be a piece of shit. And if you played as Mario... Who are on, you? You're on a list. You're on a fucking list. You're on yeah, a list. Yeah, no one plays as Mario, girl. No. Yeah, the FBI is aware of you and is tracking your every move. Wait, what What does, like, a shitty fuckboy play as? I guess maybe Bowser. Luigi. Luigi. Luigi, Luigi yeah. easy. Yeah, I feel like it's very, he, like, because I'm a nice chaotic. guy. I'm a nice guy. I play but as then, Luigi. But Luigi's, like, play moves in Smash are so chaotic and so unhinged and so unpredictable that anyone that can control that is a serial killer. Yeah. And a top. And a top. Oh, my God. Luigi can top me. What are you talking <laughs> Absolutely. about? He's tall. Everyone, he's so tall. Everyone in Mario's hot. Let's be real. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> oh, yeah. But They're I, all... I want to fuck Mario, though. I love I being fuck a Mario. short chubby boy. Mm-hmm. Love a, love a short chubby boy. You know, we scientifically have figured out how big Luigi's dick is. I will send you the, the, the article about is it. Is he a solid seven? He's a solid seven. Yep. Um, because right. he had a bulge in a tennis um, advertising oh, for Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis is so much fun. Um, that's. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Mario Party girl of all oh, those I Mario, Mario sub games. I love ruining friendships playing Mario Party. Do you know that? Have I ever told you about my drinking game that I play with Mario Party? Oh, what? It's simple. Two rules and you instant blackout. We play it literally every weekend. Two rules. Okay. Take a shot every time you get a star. Oh, God. You take a shot every five turns. Stop. That's it. No. Those are the rules. No. That is blackout. You'll fucking die. That's blackout, baby. And you're like, let's do a 40-turn round. (laughs) Well, you do 20, and that's about, like, 10 shots. Do you even know who wins by the end of the game? It's always me. It's always fucking me. Let's be real. I'm looking at Alex right now because he knows what I'm saying. Is it's always me. He is really mad because it's never him. No. <laughs> He's supposed to have headphones in. Okay, we need to wrap this up before I get a divorce. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Dylan. You can find me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Letterbox at Garcid. And I'm Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle, and Twitter and Letterbox at KRKV and SCKLE. Hot. And that was Crash and Tiger Hidden Dragon. Which one of us is Crash and Tiger and which one of us is Hidden Dragon? Do either of us want I to think be I'm Hidden Dragon. Yeah, okay, good, good, good. Because I was like, I don't want to be Hidden Dragon. I'm, I'll be Hidden Dragon. I want to be Crouching Tiger. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's so you to be a Crouching Tiger. Mm, I'm just a tiger and I'm crouching. Just, don't look at me. I'm crouching. I'm, I'm hidden. I'm, I'm like, tired, don't look but I'm at ready. Me. You know? <laughs> I'm not even there. I'm hidden. <laughs> I'm gone. You're chilling. <sighs> Love I'm it. chilling like Dylan. Bye. Bye. And now came talk. Talk. Talk.